everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow in the bean. Let's blow in the bean. Let's blow in the bean. Go. Let's blow in the bean. Welcome back. Breakdown in the motherfucking house. Thursday. We getting it done. Did some tape study. Found some amazing fights for you guys. But first, we're going to get into a quick Twitter pop. Just kind of catch up on what has gone on in the UFC since uh, the last time we came on the show. So you were also saying uh, re- just of today, it's the Floyd, Connor, on again, off well, again, on again, off again. We've talked about this extensively. I feel like you should definitely go back and listen to some of our They're previous becoming podcasts. becoming friends in high school where the relationship, you're like... All right, you guys. I don't care if you're together anymore. Like, I don't yeah. care. Let's just either do this or not. Or not. Like, Should get off the pot. But it a financial thing. Floyd knows he's going to get his money. So they're all trying... Everybody, I imagine, is trying to small dog Connor. So the interesting thing is that there was a lot of breaking news in the recent future with the venue apparently being booked. And now, supposedly, the, the story is that the venue itself said that to try to promote the fight and get the fight there but it really wasn't signed so it's still up in the air there is no venue there might be a date we really don't know what's going on we just know people stand to make a lot of money the more and more talking about it think the star is of this honestly and not being biased i think it's connor i think it's connor it's connor even with my total vanderpump rules watching inquire reading everything that is a woman inside my body just that sees britney spears fame thinks Connor's the bigger star. Take well, the UFC out of it. Mayweather's coming out of retirement, so it has to be Connor. If Mayweather were fighting anyway, here's the question. What would be the fight that you would get the pay-per-view if Mayweather fought? Besides Connor. Who would I... Who boxing wise? Whatever. Triple whoever. G would be who I would immediately want him to fight, but he's already saying he's not willing to fight him or come out of retirement so for like, that fight. Mayweather versus Triple G, I might be willing to get that pay-per-view. Yeah. I might be down with that. Uh, Canelo... Yeah, I'd watch that. I'd pay for that. That but, would be the. But he won't now fight Now here's a question I have: Who couldn't you put against Conor McGregor that you would get a pay per view for? And who? Good point. What, what, anyone? Good point. If it was Lesbo versus Conor McGregor, you'd be like, "Oh, that's horrible. That's yep. an awful thing that that man is gonna just tear that lady to shreds." But I'm gonna buy it. I agree. <laughs> I would pay for that. I would pay to watch that. So anyway, yeah, we don't have to give too much more until we have more because we're gonna be all talking about. We're going to have more slow weeks in UFC, so we're going to need to go back to this well. And slow weeks? I feel like this has been... <laughs> this is a good week. Yeah, so that's where I'm like, we, we, good can, weeks we can in save a row. this well exactly. for a slow week on UFC. Exactly. And enough other people are talking about it. We need to move on to other Twitter uh, versus... Um, huh. Okay, so here's something that I found interesting. More UFC cuts. Um... And some of them really surprised me. And you know, I don't know every fighter like you do. So I just pick names. There's more fighters than this. I just pick names I know. And it was surprising. Right. Brandon Thatch. Cut. I could see that. Felipe Nover. Also see that. Yeah. JC um, Caltrell. Cantrell. I like Cantrell. He had really Cantrell, hard fights. Yeah. yeah. He had really hard fights where even though he lost, he lost very gamefully and in a fight and made it exciting. And I, I think those guys usually tend to get a couple extra shots, but that division is stacked. What is it? 155, 170? 
think one's 55? 55, I think. Yeah, I it's think. one the most stacked division, so they can cut people for sneezing for right. Stars. Or they, sneezing wrong, I mean. And yeah. after the um, the disappointment with uh, Habib Ferguson, and Habib. Ferguson, yeah. they, what the UFC realized is, oh, we have more stars in this division besides Connor. Like, people care. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, people are screaming for Nick Diaz. To, or yeah. Diaz. So the it's Diaz like, brothers yeah, both in general. Of them. They yeah. them both. Um, so, and then the other one was Nick Daly, which I was surprised about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is the most... Um, the other ones, Nover was on a streak that was I not looking good. I thought was the guy that I would have to put up there fame-wise with Feely or, or like... Um, not, I think that Thatch's ground game was exploited early on in his UFC career and everybody went to that ground game and everybody beat him with that and he never got better at Therefore, he can go be a kickboxer in glory and do really well. But in UFC MMA, when there's takedowns and ground game involved, he just can't hang. It just wasn't his... He, and he didn't adapt to it. He said he did, but it never looked like it. People got him to the ground and submitted him in the first two rounds constantly. So it's like, eh, okay. Well. Yeah, it's the way the cards have crumbled. If you don't evolve, the game evolves past you. The people that figure you out or you figure them out. So it's he can get his game better and come back. He's a young man. Uh, quickly into I was just looking again at two twelve that's stacking up. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. The Silva fight. Everyone's excited, and that'll be the main event versus Kelvin. And whatever. I think good for Kelvin and his star power. Good for Kelvin. Whatever. Um. Holloway Aldo. Oh, that's a fight. That's I, the main event. That's a, easily the main event of any pay per view. I'll Easily. pay for that. Yeah, I'll pay I'm for so that. excited That's about that fight. That's a good fight. It's almost, it's almost to Habib Ferguson. I would agree. It's close. It's a, it's not getting enough credit because I of the agree. Habib Ferguson, and it's still off. But I think that fight's going to get more, way more attention than Gastelum Silva. And I think the UFC is underestimating how educated their fans are about fights. Like the this fight picking it, but even the co-main main, it's like. They're underestimating the star power of Habib Ferguson, of like Aldo Holloway. Like I think Holloway, like there's these there guys. is stars coming up, um, and there's just younger and younger blood. And then work. you want to hear the next fight on that card? Yep. KK Godalia. Oh, that I can't. That's a barn burner. And that's th- a those are just fight. three fights on the card that I'm like I didn't even look any deeper. I'm like oh no, Holy there's hell. multiple. Holy other. hell, there's so many other fights. That is looking to be the card of the year so far. And there's two eleven. Which is still like yeah, that a whole other yeah, but I just am like the Holloway Aldo fight is an exciting man's fight, the most exciting men fight I'm looking forward to, and the most exciting woman fight I'm looking forward to is I know JJ's fighting uh, Andrade, but I'm more excited about the KK Godelia. I think Godelia is the hard set number two. I feel like she's the you always talk about how there's like the dominant Cruz always holds it and then somebody's always going to be his number two forever. Right. Or under, she'll always be JJ's number two. The interesting thing with that fight of Gadalia KK is I feel like that's really, really quick because those two are the top two and three. So they get a rematch the next person because there's nobody else ahead of them. Yeah. So they should both fight somebody else. Yeah. And then fight. Yes. Each other. Like, they should have maybe two fights. Do you see what else. they're doing with J.J. Gadelia though? How they're the one, too? There's already been two fights with but them. But they're and... not fighting each other right now. They're uh-huh. making them go to other people. And uh-huh. I feel like, notice, it's building interest. We're excited about these fights. We don't care that Gadelia lost to J.J. We don't care. J.J.'s moving on. Everybody's moving on. This, what they're doing with this division, what they did with 170, screwed the pooch. 
that Wood leads Thompson too close together, they could have built both these guys. I feel like both these guys lost fans because of that fight. Yeah, I'd agree. I would totally agree. So it's like what they're doing with the keeping Gedalia and JJ away from each other, I like this. And I like KK. I think she is cutest. She doesn't look, she's the least girl to look like a fighter that'll beat your ass. I agree. I think that she has a lot of appeal and that she's a, she's a diamond in the rough that can live up to the expectation as a fighter where a, she's a pretty face and she's a fighter where PVZ is a pretty face and a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you were gonna stick someone on Dancing with the Stars, you stick a KK after yes. right after a fight on Dancing with the Stars. You put her in against Gedalia. You get her on Dancing with the Stars for three months. Yep. Because a girl like her is gonna keep training and whatever. You get a fighter. So when you bring these eyes to the UFC, they they can support somebody who's a Good. winner, who's win gonna win, and then you give them a fight that they're gonna win. And not and that you, PBZ you isn't, but they're doing her a disservice by not sending her through Invicta. PBZ running through Invicta. I, I just feel like that. Angela Hill, she's the number one example of like coming back from Invicta looking like a, you know, two times herself. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, uh, DC says the late heavyweight division lacks contenders. What do you think? Uh, yes. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Huh? Ops. Duh. And luckily they got a couple back because some of them were moving to other divisions via Bader and Shirknoff and Shirknoff came up back and luckily he did because that's luckily UFC doesn't have a hold like they used to remember the stranglehold they had and now we're like oh oh whoa whoa yeah there's most of them now Larkins is the only other guy that I can think of that I'm like oh no 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 Lawrence Larkin needs to come back he beat the living shit out of Neil Magny nobody's done that to Neil Magny they could have swapped those guys out as far as I'm concerned they could have let Neil Magny go and Kepler and Larkin. Wow, wow. I like Neil Magny. I think I that like he's too, a grinder. But I like Brandon Thatch. <laughs> but I'm not mad that it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, he was on a four or five losing streak. He usually well, is three and enough. done. Exactly. That's fair enough. Four or five losing streak is, but there were beasts other than really There's the last guy. There's a cobra guy. loose in Florida. It's like the worst kind of snake to be loose in Florida because you know how things just take over. Is that like in Boca Raton? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I just looked just it up a, and I'm like... I think there's probably a whole lot more than just one Cobra. Because we know I'm the sure. Pythons are out of control. And I know that they just opened up the season on those guys where... It used to be like the snake hunt like once a year. Now it's year round and biggest snake gets a bonus. And we need it. There's some monsters. Maybe Lesbo and the Bean should be snake hunters. Ooh, maybe we could get a, a TV side show. money. Get one, yell out one of those... <laughs> Bitch. Hell yeah, Benji. Oh no, I'd be, like, be it'd be like a rebel ah! yell. I'd be jumping on it, rattling that snake, like, getting it in some jitsu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'd be about, I'm about to go jihad on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to cut <laughs> some snake head off. Yeah, exactly. You don't uh, know my knife work. <laughs> also, animal news. I just thought it was so weird. Humpbacks are forming in pods. In spots in the ocean off South Africa right now. That's gangster. And it never happened before as far as we've been noticing. Oh, interesting. So what's going on? Echolocation is all... I think that submarines and there's other, been, uh, other sensors or man-made tools that can affect um, breeding patterns and or habits. But I feel like there's also been information out there that says that 
the water temperature is either cooling or rising in spots. And I feel like sometimes the animals go with the flow and the flow says we're coming up here more now. I know that in our area where we're at, we just had a whale not long ago come through and people said it was because it was following the warm water, right? Or I am I know. wrong with that? I might be wrong with that. Cold water. But I know that manatees have been in a weird way around town and not around as much, but people say because it's this shifting weather. The nor- northeast right now. Do you think it has now. anything to do with the like, explosion of the oil well in the Gulf and then using a ton of weird chemicals? Um, I think that has factors to do with a lot of the Gulf areas and the places that are affected down there. But I feel like uh, Japan's nuclear silo is a thing that we're not talking about. And that's nuclear energy. That's is that still Fukushima? Fukushima. It's still dissipating into the oceans. They still have only been trying methods and they haven't been able to officially clog that. All that contaminant, that's nuclear waste. That does not... The half-life of well, it is like hundreds of thousands of years. I don't even just think it's nuclear waste. I think it's an actual nuclear core. Yeah. I don't think it's just the waste. No, like, I, I know. the actual core is seeping out. And they're like, just talking about, like they did with the, uh, the last thing that I heard officially on it was that they were going to try to do the Gulf Coast method where they were just going to throw a shit ton of concrete in on it and be like, all right, that'll be good. That'll be good until our grandkids have three heads. And- exactly, exactly, exactly. So I think that things so on that pods, level. they are like, oh shit. Yeah, they'll feel that shit, radioactive waste. You know what my theory was that yep. um, Middle Earth was opening up, Agartha, like Hollow Earth, and the whale i just pictured like if they have a bible like some really romantic thing would be like and then when we rose again the whales surrounded us and we all rose from the ocean and imagine all these blue whales like going in like a huge circle uh-huh. around these people as here we've been looking to this oh, infinite so sky beautiful. and thinking they're up there they're up there when no do you think they would swim in the air or would they just float i feel like you know how you feel in a float tank yeah i feel like that's it it's like there's no line mm. separation uh-huh. They're just um, swimming in the yeah, ether. Yeah, like... It, it, They're swimming in the ether. Yeah, it's like... Wah! Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. And I think that was my... Oh, yeah. The last one. How important is it to call someone out after a win? The most important thing you can do if you were to... If you were to think as your career as to make the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time... You, the payoff of the fight, of winning a fight, is those 30 seconds. They shouldn't interview the loser. They should only interview the winner, in my point of view. And that winner should optimize his potential by saying, sponsors, pick me up, and I want my next fight, especially in this era of UFC. Because in this era, we're seeing that if you, like Mickey Gall, start to call people out, you get the fights you want, and you're getting beneficial fights for you. So why would you not get money? People talk about you, which then yeah. ups your paycheck. It only benefits you the most. And it used to be the uh, honor samurai, the old GSP style of the, I'm not here to talk trash, I'm here to fight. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm here to fucking talk trash and fight and I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going to take your bitch and I'm going to take the money. I'm here to be the best in the world. Exactly. I'm here to entertain. The fighting, it's not just that. If you're there, if you're just here to fight, then a... you can go to any dojo across any city USA. It, not even. Because you're you here can go to, to any street corner. Yes, you can go to your beach of wife. Just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. We, we do not condone that on Women's Month. We do month. not. Outside of Women's Unless, Month. On want. LATV, we do not <laughs> beat the wife. Well, we don't. Um... But, uh, yeah, I just feel like it's not, it's an inter, it has to be entertainment too. That's your, 
to, to me, uh, what else did you do the fight for if not the call out? That's what you you won. Yeah, I agree. You just won the time with Joe Rogan or you know Anik or whoever you're standing there to be like. Take a page out of your Raya Favors book. One of the best to ever do it. As soon as he gets on the mic, he's immediately promoting himself and or his next coming up person because he it's understands smart. the neck that bigger game. Mickey Gall uh, was doing it smart, and then he decided to like be stu- called out someone stupid. Who did he just call out? When on his last win, Sage I felt like he, no, I Sage felt like on his last win he called out. Um, who does the breakdowns with the tattoos? Dan Hardy. I feel like he called out Dan. So Hardy. he called out a guy out of retirement with heart problems. <laughs> yeah. Again, Mickey Gall is doing the fucking smartest thing. If you believe in ring rust, Dan Hardy has five years of ring rust. Yeah, but I mean. Doesn't it seem wasted? Because now you're up for just waiting until the UFC decides who you get next. Dan Hardy, because of this bigger entertainment system that we're in, Dan Hardy does bring a lot of eyes to the UFC. And there's a lot of people, and I'm a fan of his announcing and his his breakdowns. breakdowns, I think he does it really well. And I think that there's many people that would tune in just to watch Dan Hardy. And Mickey Gall has already a loyal following as well. And... I feel like Dan Hardy actually is as famous as some of the champions because he gets just the amount of exposure. People are comfortable. He's a Joe Rogan of UK right now. Who's the better fight for Mickey Gall? Who, if you're Mickey Gall, if you have that same I'd take Dan Hardy all day. But what Give me Orgworks Grace. To, Give me or, Ken Shamrock. Or if you're not going to call out, if you're going to call out somebody who you actually have a shot at fighting because they're in the UFC. Oh, that would... That you probably have a shot at, at getting. The same way he called out Northcutt, that was a... The, Smartest call out. Right. So I feel like to the same way, like who's an active, but he doesn't want to fight at 170. He wants to go to 155. Right. Which is so interesting. And he's tall as shit already tall for as 70. Tall as shit. Huh. Interesting. So who would be a good fight at 55 then? 55. There's a lot. I'm Michael Johnson right off the top of my head. That's perfect. He needs a fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to tweet that at him. That would Michael be Johnson's a... looking for a fight, and he wants to go to And he's like 5'10 as well. And he's almost And he's a good a striker way, and wrestler. I would say the biggest money fight you can get for the least amount of danger. Is who? Michael Johnson? Gall. Oh, yeah. Well, Gall has a pretty he's good jiu He's an actual money game. fight, yeah. though. Yeah, I like, agree. Like, for such a short he's getting career, no, he has some, he's almost somebody that, like, he... Has more um, eyes on him than probably Michael Johnson, and Michael Johnson's been in the game for so much years, longer. Years, years, and years. I'd say they're probably pretty comparable, and it's just other young fighters should be looking at Mickey Gall and saying, that's what I need to do when I get in, because that's the right yeah. way to do it, and you can see it in the way he's getting promoted and or his purses, your, how much he gets paid out. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we can move on to UFC London. UFC London. 107. Fights on Fox. We have an early card coming up this week at 1.30 Eastern Time, 10.30 Pacific Standard Time. In the UK, what time does it start? Is it going to be like... Did you say 1.30, 10.30? Pacific is 10.30. Pacific over East California, Oregon, Washington. It's 10.30 in the morning. Oh, a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A.m.? Oh, because <laughs> like, we go back what? three hours. Yeah. So, over in the UK, what is it going to run around the same time it usually does? Or are they playing it early so that we get it at a certain standard time? I think time they are around? six hours later than us. So, if it starts here at one, they're going to get a normal fight card. They're probably going to get the prime time. It's going to be during prime time hours for them when the main card starts. Yeah. Because I think they're six hours behind the, New York. I think. 
I think. Well. We're going to have so many people tweeting us like, hey, well, <laughs> bitch. It's all good. Either way, things to take in account as far as the venue size, the... We haven't talked about it much, but there is contributing factors in Fightnomics, and that's a really good book that talks about other aspects of the fight, and 25-foot rings compared to 35-foot rings really change the dynamic of the fight because of the movement that's allowed in the cage. Uh, 25-foot rings tends to be knockout, more knockout-friendly card night because it's just shorter amount of space. But I do feel like this venue is probably going to be 35 feet. But I'm just trying to get you guys thinking outside the box as far as just other standards that you should be looking for every time you're going to come into one of these fight cards that might play a role, such as the humidity in the room or the time of year that they're going to be at. The altitude. Exactly. Stuff like that. Did they just break up with their boyfriend? Which has been real shit. That really (laughs) has played factors uh, with people. Or girlfriend. So, first fight of the night, speaking of the women's division at 135 pounds, we have a returning UFC uh, loss for Lisa Landsberg against a debuting Luis Padilova. I believe this is a rematch from an earlier fight career that both of them had at another organization. Landsberg just came off of a loss to Christiana Cyborg. Um, at 140 pounds or 145 pounds. It was like a first round TKO. And she's all around a grinding fighter. Doesn't really stick out to me in any specific area. She just grinds, 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 gets at you with strikes and punches. Her takedowns aren't the best, but they're not bad. She mixes them well together. I feel like all the way around, she's a better fighter in the fact that we've already seen... Uh, Lucy, the bullet, not the bullet, Lucy Bullet Padilova. You will lose! You don't, you <laughs> just don't even get to carry that name in the UFC. It's like who somebody calls themselves Beck, calls herself Rowdy. Silly. That's silly shit. You don't call yourself the babe when you're going to play baseball. It's silly shit. There's only so many nicknames out there, but I do think that I like the creative nicknames. And there is some more creative than some that are not, and... Yeah. There's already set, well, somebody's taken it. You can be something like Elbow the bullet, Princess. You don't have to be the princess. The bullet's been around for a while. And you would it, like you would think that it's already taken. And I feel like this fighter, uh, Lu- Lucy Bullet, is only... I don't even know her age, but I don't feel like she's that old. But she would have seen Shevchenko at some point in time. But either way, it's just a nickname. She loses. <laughs> I she have loses Lisa Landsberg. In a submission, I feel like... There's going to be a bad shot taken in. Uh, this could easily go to a decision. So I'm going to stay away from it on my DK lines. Um, but I do like Landsberg for this. I like Landsberg as well. I just see her landing a couple extra nasty elbows. The girl's going to give up her back. She's going to get the submission. I agree with a. I, I agree submission round one as well. But I think it's going to be from shots beforehand and then just she's going to clobber and the girl's not going to get knocked out from those shots, but she's not going to want to do it no more. I think Landsberg's a different beast now. I think getting in the I ring agree. with Cyborg and feeling the pressure of that, and I could be wrong, but I believe she got in the ring with Cyborg in Brazil. Yeah. That takes fucking balls. balls. I agree. So I feel like there's the pressure of that 
she isn't going to have to deal with it at all in London. And um, I think she's one to watch. I think it just, you know, if you have the heart enough to get in the ring with Cyborg, yep. and I think she's going to finish this fight. She took that fight with Cyborg knowing she was going to lose, but she knew that she was going to get another fight in the UFC, and that's all she wanted, and that's honorable. Hey, you know you're going to get a loss, but you know that that loss still propels your career forward. You know that. And that's what's happened to her. She's actually a big favorite, I feel like, on this card as far as DK and betting lines. Yeah, she's under 220. Oh, she's a favorite? Yeah. 220 favorite? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could easily see it. So, two to one favorite. I just, I see it going for Landsberg. So, the value might not be there as far as the bet. But moving on to the next fight, we have a middleweight bout at 185 pounds. Scott Ascom versus. Brad Scott, we have Brad Scott as nicknamed the Bear. Both of these fighters have won one, lost one in their last five. They are 27 and 26 years old for, or 28 years old for Askum. I feel like Askum also has a good all-around game. He's coming out of England, Yorkshire. And his camp is Ludz Magnus. I don't think there's another fighter out of there, but I feel like Askham has looked good in general as far as the UFC. He has losses to Jack Hermison, who is a great up-and-coming fighter. A decision to him is not a bad loss right now, it's looking like. He TKO'd uh, Chris Dempsey, which should have. Anybody who's any caliber of fighter, um, he should definitely beat. He lost a split decision to Jotko and this is a actually a fight that both of these fighters have in common they both lost a decision a split for Askum and for Scott it was a decision a flat out against Jotko so Jotko's look good he's gotten a couple knockouts um Askum is again more of a gatekeeper right now he's not really making a big big run but he's getting the fights that are keeping him in the UFC and he's a grinder Brad Scott, a lot in that same boat. Um, his most recent loss is a decision to Jutko, so it just happened a year ago. And he's coming also out of England, out of Wilshire, England. And he's gotten a couple submissions, one of them against Dylan Andrews, the other one against Michael Kuprik, who, <laughs> who is no longer in the UFC. But... Askham also has losses to Robert Whitaker, who's looked pretty good as of late. And he also has lost to, or he has beat Claudio Silvia in a unanimous decision as well. He has another loss in there. I can't think of who it is right now. But either way, Brad Scott tends to grind you, but he tends to grind you against the fence. I was going back over his footage, and the thing that I saw with him specifically is... He doesn't have. He doesn't shoot on you. He trips you. He trips you in a Dutch style of trip, where he'll trip you above the knees or throw you around, get you out of position, and then swamp you. He has a good jab that he throws. It's not amazing, but he uses it really well, and he uses it a lot. He has a really good straight right, and he uses his head positioning really, really well. Um, when he's pushing you into the cage, he puts that head right into the middle of your chest, and he throws good uppercuts. From in the clinch. Good dirty boxer. Um, power. He has power in his hands and he can take a punch. The thing that I didn't like with Brad Scott is that Jutko, who ten, tends to be a striker, 
saw the openings in Brad Scott's takedown. His takedown defense is good, but once on the ground, Brad Scott can't get up really. And I feel like people are starting to figure that out. And Askham can put Brad Scott on the ground and not let him up for a three-round decision. And I can see that that's highly likely. But I'm coming at you with an underdog. I like Brad Scott. I feel like it's the grind of a fight. Win or lose the fights that I've seen Brad Scott lose. I've He's still been in it. He's trying to get the finish in the fights. Askham is there as well. This is a really fun two young and up-and-comers fighting. And I think that this is going to be a really fun fight at the end of the night. We're going to, whoever wins this fight, we're going to be talking about moving on in the UFC at this division pretty well. Both will still move on in this um, division. I was actually looking at your card and I just logged out and yep. pulled up my card yep. so yep. I could see it. <laughs> um, so I have a Landsberg decision right now on my card. So, mm. But I do think she can finish that fight. I stand by everything I said, but I'm I'm just correcting that. Actually, this one, I have Scott, too. Ooh. I have Scott submission round three. I um, He submitted to Mobos. I don't think Ask Him um, has a good uh, cardio toward the end. Uh-huh. I think he um, tries to get sloppy takedowns enough to exhaustion. And I think Brad Scott is the same way where he... I don't know how he is off his back or getting back up, but his takedown defense is okay. Yep. And so I just feel like they're going to do a lot of up against the fence, like you're saying, with the head in the chest. It's going to be a lot of almost takedowns, some quick scrambles toward the end of the round. I just think Scott can... Fi- I think he has some tricky submissions. They're just, they're weird ones. When yep. you look into his submissions, yeah, they're like, I was whoa, you don't see him those ones every day. And that's something that I feel like not going for the normal submissions in, in I think they're both similar fighters. And uh-huh. so I just think these few tricky submissions are something to prepare for that it's kind of Wow, so this is an early double underdog pick for Lesbo and the Bean. Yeah. I'm liking how this card's going. I do feel like this is going to be a very fun fight night as well we've had three weeks in a row that have been good cards and for free on fox ufc's been putting in some work and putting in some really good matches some of them might be a little early for people's careers but either way are you saying scott decision i'm saying it is scott decision correct scott decision and that i could yeah so he could be the so far he's right he's the he's leading the way as the underdog i'm putting him as our ls (laughs) so Moving on to the bantamweight division, we have Ian Entwistle versus Brett Johns at 135 pounds. Um, we know what we're getting with Entwistle. He's a heel hook, leg submission artist. Um, but with that, people have figured it out. If you can defend against the leg locks and or heel hooks and get good at that game, you can really put Entwistle in bad spots and grind him, ground and pound him. And that's happened sometimes where he's reached for the heels and had people land shots not knock him out um but hurt him in those positions and then just eventually put him in enough bad spots for him to lose a fight but Entwistle is a tough guy his cardio has been a little suspect sometimes um but in the UFC what what do you expect Perez he was putting Perez in really bad dis- positions but eventually Perez did sit down on his heel and just landed enough punches from the top and it did have it did cause a finish that was 11 months ago so his brain's healed up pretty good Johns is coming in with a lot of hype he has a win already in the UFC via decision three months ago and that was against Kang who's an Asian fighter who is looking good and 
it was, I feel like, an underdog win. Johns is coming out of Wales, so he's a local. Actually, Entwistle is also out of the United Kingdom, England. So this is two guys coming out of his hometown. Johns is 25 years old. He actually has really good ground and pound. He has very wild, sloppy striking to me. Um, but he gets the job done with his pressure. He's an exciting fighter. Yeah, and he moves forward. He And I feel like what he does more than anything is he puts pressure on people, and they will. But I feel like Entwistle's felt that pressure from higher caliber people and is going to be able to go meet that with something crafty. I think Entwistle's craftiness is really being undervalued right here because of his recent loss to Perez. John should never be a 400 favorite. At the very least. At the very least, right? Like, I'm seeing money value. I have John decision. Right. I do. I have John decision. I think he... I actually am surprised. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to be the underdog when I was first looking at this card. Um, I really just think... Not that it's going to be a boring fight, but I think it's going to be a boring fight, and the only flair we're going to see in this fight is John's, and Uh so I'm giving it John's decision, but I don't think there's any money to be made on this fight. I don't think he's one of those... I think there's too much hype behind a guy that's... Not be the best fighter. And not be the the best caliber. He's not... He hasn't fought the amount of caliber. We've seen this people in the ass for the last two fight cards. Right. Where this So I really see value in Entwistle as far as... I have him at decision right now, but I feel like he's a fighter that I can move into that sub-round one because Entwistle has come out and fights and dove straight for that leg and got a submission in the first 45 seconds when they're still dry. He knows what he's good at. Whether he gets amazed, so amazing at it that he can beat everyone, we're still finding out. But I feel like Johns hasn't seen that caliber of fighter yet. And I feel like Entwistle's being undervalued all the way. If you lose this one, not that big of a loss because he's a 4-1 to underdog. But if you win, this is a big win. This is definitely going to put you forward. I feel like there's DK value in Entwistle all day as well. It's going to um, be a decision fight. I feel like the if there's a sub to happen... It's for Entwistle, but if there's a TKO to happen, it's for Johns. That's mm-hmm. the way I see the fight. It's the ways I see it going, most likely. One of my favorite fighters on the next card. Uh, our next fight. Welterweight, 170 pounds. We have Vicente Luque versus Leon Edwards. This is... Such a good fight. Potential fight of the night. This is Diamond totally. in the Rough. This is a striker's delight, even though Vicente comes from a jiu-jitsu background. His striking out of Black Zillion slash um, whatever the new team is that they all they got across. The Black Zillions. But didn't he go it. to that other camp with he all the guys? With, right, but which I they're not they Black Zillions. the Black Zillions. Oh. The other guys took a different okay, name okay. of like some kind backwards. of something combat. I don't even want to. I don't even want to get. So either way, Luca went with the Usman and the crowd of young and up and crop. All the crop of good fighters that. Which is good. So we know he's coming in with killers he's been training with. Luke came in with his jiu-jitsu credentials and his striking has looked on point. He's one of the only guys, when you always pointed out, do what brought you to the dance. He's one of the only guys that has stepped out of what he does and his he looks like a striker. He looks like a striker. It's you would unreal. not Yeah, you wouldn't think that he wasn't. And he's been finishing guys because his striking not only is it crisp, it's powerful. You can see when guys get hit by him, they're like, holy shit, this guy hits hard. Yeah, I actually can't... I was just about to say that I can't believe he... I thought this was a 185-pound fight. I can't believe he fights at 170 because he's These are big guys. Both the of ring. these guys. He Leon Edwards is big, too. I, Luke, I... Yeah, I think the same way people, like, when they 
grind up against Woodley, they're like, holy shit, he's strong. Yeah. I think when they take a punch from Luke, they're like, whoa. This guy's a grappler yeah. and he just hit me like this. Yeah. And I think then when they're fighting with him, stand up, stand up. So they, you get hurt. First thing you do, you try to take someone down and now you're on the ground with this boa constrictor. So Luke is 5'10", so is Leon Edwards. They're both 25 years old. They're both up-and-comers. Young, amazing. Yeah. They both have had... Um, checkered pasts. They're not undefeated by any means, but they're definitely doing their best work now in the UFC. Leon Edwards traditionally is a striker. He's a good striker. I would put Leon Edwards against a lot of people in the UFC, and I he's been beaten a few times. People have figured him out in the ring, but there's raw potential in Leon Edwards. There's that athleticism and just dynamic that he can finish a fight at any given point in time. He has power into the third round. He has good angles. He has good footwork. I just feel like as much props as we're given to Luke, it's going to be the same thing that happens to Edwards. Edwards is going to get one or two hit. He's going to be hit and not realize that all of a sudden he got hit five times and wake up and be like, damn it, that guy caught me. Edwards has not shown a weak chin, but he has been hit. But it's the UFC. Anybody hits anybody, you know, you're bound to get hurt. And I think Edwards has a good future in the UFC. And I feel like Luka has a good future in the UFC. It's a really, really, really fun fight. I really am excited for this. I don't think there'll be a loser, even though one guy's got to lose. I think we're going to be walking away from this and just being like, that was a hell of a scrap. Both of these guys on the, my next fight, I'm going to pick them both against whoever their next opponent is. Just right now, I have Luke ahead of him on the ground by far leaps and bounds. Edward's not going to want to go there. But as we were saying, Luke's striking has been so on point. He looks like a striker and, and it's going to be a striking battle. Unless Luke chooses to go to the ground in submission round one, but I got a TKO round two for Luke. I think he figures him out in the second round. Um, I have think he's gonna uh, I think it's gonna be a striking battle the whole first round and I give Edwards full respect and credit that I think when they're standing taking blows Luke is not gonna want to stand there too long and take blows with him um a scary thing for Edwards is if he goes for a quick submission like he's done in his last fights he's screwed he's gonna get submitted immediately trying to mess with this guy and he did win his last fight from submission so I feel like that's a weird thing to have stuck in your brain so I think he's gonna stand with him the first round I think immediately the second round um Luke is gonna hurt him take him down submit him I think it's gonna be submission second round and in the recent past of Edwards' career, he's only lost one time, and it's been to Usman. So I feel like going into this, they don't have to change game plans necessarily. It's like that dominant, what Dominic Cruz always says about alpha male. It's like, whoa, well, you had how many shots against me? So their gym has kind of already fought this guy. And yep. I think that's a, so he has two, he's, if they're standing striking and you want to give them equal credit there, okay. On the ground, Luke is better, and they've already fought him. So I just feel like Edwards, this is going to be a rough one for him. It stinks for him because he's also fighting in his hometown. Um, so yep. I think that's the extra pressure if you're the guy that can't bite at home. so Some people perform up to that standard. Some people don't. It's going to yeah. be fun to see what happens so with I'm that. I'm with you. Luke is a mission round too. So, you so he is a too. slight favorite. So we are picking the favorite in that. But I will have him on all my cards. I feel like he is going to be finish. a heavy DK favorite. I feel like there's more likely, there's more ways for him to finish than Edwards for sure. Next fight, 
we have a middleweight bat at 185 pounds. This is also a diamond in the rough. I think that this is the one that Evil Twin is most excited about. We have Tom Breeze versus Aluale Bamboze, the Holy War Angel against Tom the Octopus Breeze. Tom Breeze has only recently lost in the UFC against Sean Strickland, which I haven't got to talk about Sean Strickland much because he hasn't been fighting in the UFC much, but Sean Strickland is a dark horse in the 185 division. Whenever we can't think about 185, guys, I don't think about Sean Strickland. That dude's a gorilla. So the fact that Breeze lost to him is not bad at all. Don't take this loss, guys, and think that Breeze is out of the game. Breeze rightfully so should have lost and I feel like Strickland was an underdog there and I had Strickland all over that but uh the grappling came through guess what Bamboja traditionally is a striker <laughs> so the wrestling that ended up taking out Breeze isn't going to play a role this is going to turn out to be a striking battle Breeze has really good strikes as well he uses his elbows really well Bamboja has two losses and they're only in the UFC, I believe, to Uriah Hall on like 8, 11 days notice. And then most recently to see Caesar Mutanch Ferreira, which if we've said there's a chinny fighter, that's a chinny fighter. And Mutanch was able to take Bumbaja's best strikes and beat him in a decision. So the striking... I feel like goes to Breeze. The power, I feel like, goes to Breeze. The flashiness of technique, I feel like, goes to Bamboje. Uh, take down the fence, I like Bamboje as well. But Breeze, I feel like, on the ground, his nickname's the Octopus for a reason. And we haven't seen much of his ground ability because he tends to, like, strikes, um, keep strikes upright. But he's a really long fighter, and I feel like his jiu-jitsu has been good the little bit of video that I have been able to see of of Breeze. He's definitely a better practitioner. I feel like Bamboje, not, I don't know much about his ground game credentials other than he likes to keep the fight striking and he likes to do a lot of spinning shit. Yeah. Your I, point. Um, I think Bamboje has no gas tank and Breeze will exploit that all day. Mm -hmm. Breeze is one of those guys with a killer gas tank. Um, we're not worried about any elevation. This is hoity-toity London, so we're not going to be in a boiling hot arena, so he's going to be able to work on peak performance. I have Breeze's decision right now, but mm -hmm. I really, because I don't think, I, I don't think uh, it, this is a can fight by any means. I agree. Um, I think... Breeze outclasses him, and he doesn't have to put himself in harm's way in this fight at all. And that's the only way we see it go to decision. If Breeze wants to in this fight, I do think he will feel him weakening and out-cardio him, and we might see a submission in the third round. I think we're going to get that ground game you picture because I do think Bamboge will sit and throw. And I, why would you put yourself in harm's I way? Agree. So I, I just, agree. So I think Breeze, I think he has a good chin. I'm not worried about him taking the strikes or the stand-up game, but I just, I could see him submitting him toward the end. I think Bamboge could get him up, and I think we could see a third-round submission. So right now, Breeze's decision, but... He's going to be he's a guy I really that's, like. That's really funny cuz great minds think alike because I was actually going to say I could see a submission manifesting for Breeze later in the round and it could be set up to strikes or him just exploiting that ground game that's lacking in Babouche cuz I don't think that he has the grappling credentials to put Breeze in a bad spot. So So we'll both I'm just going to put decision for both of us but third round sub maybe. A good reason he's to be listen. DraftKings he's kind of I would agree with that and this is why you got to listen to Lesbo and the Bean 
all week long and listen or look for our Twitter when we give our final post weigh-in breakdown of what we finally go with because these are subjectable to change right now. We're just giving you our our leans and the weigh-ins really has played a favor to us. We so have, we leave- if some guy flinches, it could change everything. Like when one guy does it, oh, and the other guy's, ah. You're like, oh, I didn't like that. Or if we see someone lose their temper too much, we're like, oh, this guy is too inve- like emotional in this fight. We don't like it. And so there's just things about weigh-ins that are definitely important to... Well, and there's even commentary by like Fox and other people that'll come out the night of and be like, I heard he's having a more hard wake up. And multiple other people will also verify that. So that or plays we'll a role. Or we'll see it more like, oh, he, he looks, did not look right. Exactly. So definitely keep it in, keep that in mind, but we're going to keep chugging along with the lightweight division. We have a return of Matt Dieski versus Temu Palikin, Palikin, and nickname of Palikin is Paku or Pachu, I guess, and against the Bone Crusher. Bone Pikachu. Crusher. <coughs> Bone Crusher is perfect 11-0. He recently beat another debut fighter out of England. Mopped him up. His striking looks crisp. His takedown defense looks crisp. Or not crisp, but uh, good. Serviceable, but against it was against an English fighter who had very sloppy, bad takedown def- takedowns. So anyone's takedown defense is going to look good against that, in my point of view, especially against Sajewski. American wrestlers. Yeah, Dieski or... Sajueski and then oh right the guy Frankie he beat. Perez I thought he only fought once in the UFC I yeah. thought he only fought once yeah, so he remember. beat Frankie Perez as well yeah really and what was that that is Frankie Perez by decision unanimous three months ago Frankie Perez is an American wrestler it must have been a fight at like two oh five or some shit like, yeah there must one have between been some but others. I do remember that we had talked about him maybe because it was a while ago but um. the takedown defense I feel like his takedown defense is serviceable but it's his striking Dayeski striking is good it looks much flashier against lower caliber fighters and the as he keeps chugging along in the ufc i think his striking isn't going to be as dominant as it used to be but he can keep the fight where he wants it and that's standing in a neutral position both throwing uh strikes at each other polican uh or pachu paku He's from Finland. He's coming out of Pride's fight team. He's 6'1", so he actually has uh, three inches over the 5'10 of Dieski And grinder, 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 grinder. Put you up and against the fence. Pull your legs out from under you. And submissions are some... He he does get submissions, but they're against guys that are not the highest caliber. I feel like Dieski is going to be definitely... Uh, a good caliber of fighter for both of these guys. They're both young in the UFC. Tibal Gotti, who he beat by a submission, is not a good fighter for Pelican, but Pelican looked good. Palak looked good. Pack. Pack Allen. Pack Allen. Pack Allen. Pack Allen looked good, but it was against not the Timu. caliber of fighter. Timu Paku. Timu. Timu. We'll so just go Timu. 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 So, Timu versus the Bone Crusher. I feel like the Bone Crusher keeps this fight striking, but it's going to be up against the fence. He's going to do a lot of, like, pushing, pulling uh, arms up off of his hips along the fence, turning it around, getting strikes off, going to the middle. And eventually, um, Timu, is gonna, his takedowns are going to be so slow that maybe an Edson Barbosa knee slash strike that he's going to fall on 
is going to accentuate a knockout. And I feel like Bayeski can get a knockout round one or two. I'm having round one right now, but that can move to a round two because the grind and the toughness of Timu, I it should be something to take account for. But I am liking the two to one favorite right now in Bone Crusher. I have Dyke uh, Bone Crusher decision right now. I. He's one of these guys, I think they like to fill the London Arena. He's a hometown favorite. Everybody really likes him. Part of me wants to think they're giving him a can just so he can win in the ring. But the other part of me, I don't want to call him overrated, but I think there's too much hype behind him. And I wasn't as impressed the last time I saw him in the ring. And I wonder how he's going to do with the submission artist. I think Finland, as odd as it is, I feel like we've seen a lot of weird, tricky fighters come out of there that are just looking for their shot. I don't even remember the last time Pac Allen's fought, to be honest. I have um, right now the Bone Crusher decision just because I underrate him right now like uh-huh. maybe I am I'll put it on me like, <laughs> I just don't think even though he's 11 and 1 I'm looking at it I London I know you can say Bisping like you got the champ but meh. and then you're like who who's the guy that fighting on the main event card uh, against uh, what is the main event on Manu- 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 I think Anderson? Manu- is a hometown yeah, guy yeah he's definitely but a I just think meh. <laughs> so um, I have I will probably stay away from this altogether. I just, I don't want to get screwed by a hungry guy like this Pac Allen wanting to prove his name. And I, this could. will be one of those fights. He could, he could. He could make this a very ugly, slow fight. And a slow fight does not work for the Bone Crusher at all. Um, yes, I think he could get winded. And I think he could get submitted if the guy's tricky enough. So, I'm, yeah. I have, Di- I have Bone Crusher decision. Dykesi? Dykesi? Dieski is Dieski. the way I run, but I totally could be fucking it up. So think KO round one. Getting into the fat boys. We moving up to the heavyweight division with Daniel Omelian Chuck. I don't know how to go. Yep. Versus Timothy Johnson. We have the most American mustache in the UFC currently with Timothy J- Timothy Johnson. He wears a mustache well. Definitely dad bod going on for Timothy Johnson. He looks like a dean. Like you'd be, if you were skipping school, you'd run from him. Yes. I would see that. And he'd have the belt with the keys. Hey, let's go. Uh-huh. Get back here. Uh-huh. And he'd be running <laughs> with your drone just like. Run. <laughs> yeah, his mustache would blow a little like. Uh-huh. <sighs> you'd have to drop your joint and he'd pick it up and smell it and be like. Oh, Teenagers. Damn it. <laughs> you damn hoodlums. So. Omelette and Chuck look. Good-ish. He's coming and not really looked at... He, people said he was going to be a title contender right away, and we have seen that that's not the case. He can beat the lower caliber heavyweight division in the UFC, but as soon as he takes a step up, let's say, to Stefan Struff, who is a ever-parental gatekeeper slash on the sidelines because he has too big of a heart and or is just too big of a person... Um, he lost to a Darce choke to Stroof, with Stroof is good at submissions because he is so long, but I feel like Omelianchuk is fucking a grinder. He likes to use his wrestling to get into ground and pound positions and be on top of you and land a lot of strikes. I feel like he bulldozes. He runs in with his hands, um, a little low. And he'll take a punch to give a punch. 
and in the heavyweight division, it's really not the best idea, but I feel like he's, maybe if I'm remembering correctly, shouldn't have won one or two of his decision wins. And he's significantly smaller than Johnson. And Johnson is naturally just a bigger guy, naturally, and Johnson comes in with a big American credential wrestling background. Overall toughness, we've seen Johnson in um, spots that we've seen Daniel in as well. And Daniel has wilted, well not wilted because he won those fights, but he's looked a lot worse off where Timothy Johnson, you can see the rally come through with him and finish a fight and or always be wanting to win a fight. Johnson does have a couple more losses against Rochal, which is a D1 national champion. And he was out-wrestled in that. And that's Rochelle outside of the UFC. But either way, that isn't a bad loss for Timothy Johnson. And then he lost a split decision to Volkov, who just came in from Bellator, who was a champion there. And that split decision could have went either way. Um, Volkov threw up a lot of submissions from his back. But Timothy Johnson was putting him to that to his back and stuff. And Timothy Johnson should have was, I think, a 3-1 to one underdog. And he lost a split decision to Volkov. In that fight. So Timothy Johnson. I feel like he's got. The American flag behind him. He's got. I don't think he's a service member. But I feel like he's got the service behind him. That mustache just brings. With a mustache like that. Comes great responsibility. And he's wearing it well. And I feel like he's going to come through with the decision. If not I could see the TKO finish. For Timothy Johnson. Because of that wrestling. And he's more likely to even reverse the positions. Where Daniel has been just put in spots and just stay there your point of view on this i fight. have principal johnson as well i have principal johnson decision i just think he is gonna um, slight favorite at one i think he's heavier and so both guys you know it's the heavyweight division yep. anyone can get knocked out at any time don't think it's gonna happen here i think both guys are kind of grinders and they're gonna take it to decision it's who's gonna get tired first and if you're the guy carrying the extra guys 30 pounds you're doing more work for 15 minutes. So I'm going to go with the bigger guy here and just go with Principal Johnson, Dean Johnson, the, decision. The weird thing with this is that we're picking decision, but because it is the heavyweight decision, it could be first round TKO. It could be 100 yeah. points. Either one of these fighters, because it's just when you're throwing hands around, people are down bound to go down. And Truth. both of these guys got hands for fists. And moving on to the next fight at light heavyweight, there's a 205 rematch to Barroso, Francis Barroso against Darren Stewart. Stewart won the first bout, but it was turned over due to the TKO coming due to a headbutt. Barroso threw a looping punch. Uh, Stewart this is had a his head card. down the mail. This is a fun card. This I'm just is a like, fun there's so card. many more fights left. Oh, yeah. This is a fun, fun card. I think 12, 13 fights? Yeah, big 12, 13, I don't know, 12, I think, 12, I think, 12, I think. <laughs> So, Stewart won that fight, but it was overturned because when you went back to the tape, you could see that Barroso got finished with that headbutt more so than anything, and they're running it back, and if there is the right time to run back a fight, this is the time. Even though I like Stewart in the first fight, I went and watched the tape. And st this is why Stewart is a heavy favorite at a 2 to 1, I believe. Or no, minus 180 almost, now. I feel like. Almost 2 to 1. I feel like earlier it was 2 to 1. So that people, I feel like, have been coming in on Barroso. They must have seen something. But I felt like Stewart um, definitely looked well in their first fight. 
And we know what we're getting with a 37-year-old Barroso. He's going to come in and do Francis Barroso. What he's done all the time. Grinds you out. Um, pushes you up against the fence. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. He doesn't use his jiu-jitsu. And even when he's gotten to the ground, he's not really shown it. People are really easily stifled his ground game. I feel like his wrestling is meh. His takedown event is eh. But he just has power because he's a big guy. But I feel like Stewart was getting the best of him. He was just looks way straighter in on the punches, way faster on the punches. And I feel like in the Stewart, I don't know his age because it's not posted here. But I feel like Stewart has more room to grow being also younger in the UFC and has come back from that fight and hopefully picked out the points that he saw he was winning in the first fight where I feel like Barroso is going to say, I'm going to do the same thing as before because that's he's what 30. Doing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been doing for so long and he's the veteran of the UFC as well with a veteran of age. How do you feel? I have a TKO for Stewart round one. I have him on a lot of cards. I have a TKO for Stewart round two and... um I feel more confident about that where I could move it to round one, even hearing you talk. I'm, I just, I really like Darren Stewart. I really like the him. I think he's Powerful. one of those guys that's yeah, fun to watch. I think the um, hype behind some of the other fighters should be behind somebody mm-hmm. like Darren Stewart. But I feel like, if I remember correctly, Darren Stewart ain't no 5'10". That motherfucker was like 5'9". He just got some big-ass awesome. legs. They all use Tom Cruise height. <laughs> exactly. They all use like, oh, yeah, I'm such a tall guy. They all lifts their boots on <coughs> he has some big old legs but powerful powerful striker i feel like a finish is going to come in here and i'm putting him all over my dk all day we have the next fight at lightweight 155 pounds joseph duffy versus renza madadi madadi came back from being in prison for beating some guy half to death out in somewhere and apparently it was self-defense but nobody saw it hence the mad dog for madadi I feel like Joseph Duffy is the biggest favorite of the night at a minus 700. This is... Wow. Unfucking real Not... It shouldn't be that way. People are saying that split Yowza. decision or that last fight for Madadi against Jan Cabral. TKO punches. He deserved that. Jan Cabral was out stiff. He lost to Norman Park, who I feel like Norman Park recently was released. And... He also lost to Michael Johnson as well, which is not... Michael Johnson. No, wait, never mind. He beat Michael Johnson in a submission dart choke over three years ago. Okay. But that was not where Michael Johnson's at. That's his Bradley Pickett moment to DJ. <laughs> yeah, that's what has made his career. But he's coming off of a win. Jan Cabral, though, is also take, is on his way out of the UFC. Joseph Duffy has definitely only lost to... Dustin Poirier, and prior to the UFC, he had another previous loss. But his most notable win is beating Conor McGregor. He's one of the few people to ever beat Conor, and it was with a submission quickly in the first round. Joseph Duffy, definitely, we know that his ground game is his best attribute. Good takedowns. Not in the UFC. Not in the UFC. That was when they were at Cage Warriors in England or Europe or whatever. Since then, Joseph Duffy has debuted in the UFC, looked really good. Um, only lost to Dustin Poirier, which is not a bad loss at all. He was out-wrestled that entire fight. But what I felt was a big factor is that Joseph Duffy is 5'10 and 155 pounds. And this is someone to look for at weigh-ins. Joseph Duffy cuts a lot of weight. You can really see it on him. 
he hurts and he's not and he's, he's almost 29 30. exactly and i feel like that 30 is a magic number for this weight cutting like i just think your think your body does not react to it the same madadi is supposedly 511 but i don't feel like that's true i do i just feel like he's shorter than that um madadi people are fading him but the minus 700 is not it's just un- unreal this should be like a Two to three to one favorite for Joseph Duffy. If we can take anything from the Dustin Poirier fight is that Duffy can be out wrestled. And I feel like Duffy also said that he might have been sick or had a hard way cut or both. And he won't, it won't happen again. And he felt like he just had a bad night and he has since fixed that. Madadi's a crafty veteran who, even if he doesn't have the biggest gas tank and really slows down, his pressure is constant. So... Even if he's not moving really fast at you, he's zombieing you. He's moving at you. And I feel like Duffy, Poirier did that, but at a high caliber because Poirier is an athlete, a really good athlete. But I think that there's value. And hear me out on this. There's value in Madari because I can see that this is a decision. I have a submission to Joseph Duffy round two right now. But the more I'm talking... My way through it and seeing it, I can see Madari pushing him up against the fence. I have Duffy decision, and the only reason I have Duffy decision, like I really like Madari. I he's gonna be more exciting. He's not gonna win the fight. Joe Duffy is. I like him. Mm -hmm. This is easily the most overrated. Uh, he should not be this heavy of a favorite at all. He um, His wrestling's been exploited. He isn't a finisher. If you look back at his last... The submissions, not that it's like, oh, a rear naked choke, that's so easy to get. But there's certain submissions that... they it's They're desperate. It's, it's like, as much as I love the bullet when she got the arm bar on Pena up until that point in the fight... It's like, oh, Pena just forgot about 101. She went so far advanced, she just forgot about 101 and the bullet brought it back. Joe Duffy's kind of one of those guys. Don't forget 101 on him or he's going to bring it back and catch you. Don't forget whatever craft it is, UFC, MMA 101. He will catch you. But other than that, I don't think he's going to finish this guy. I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think the guy's just as good of a... I don't think he's just as good of a grinder. I don't think he's going to get submitted. I think he's... He's been fighting forever. Madadi is Iranian, came up, I believe, as a wrestler who swings wild. Like, he throws from his hips, he throws with power, he takes shots. He can't take shots if he hasn't been as good with shots. I see Duffy could be going in with this mentality where I totally agree with you. I think it's a quick quick submission. If we don't see it submitted round one, it's Uh going to decision. But I totally agree with you. I think Madadi... He He could could open up your card. Because he throws such loopy shots... If he gets 30 points, he's so cheap. Yes. That he's going to allow you to yeah. really stack your card with some of these other guys that are going to get finishes in the first round. Because this is, on DK, pretty hard of a night to pick. Um, the, the the odds are pretty stacked. It's hard to pick some favorites, but there's some underdogs on here. And I feel like an underdog that's not going to win, but might be a value play all day, is going to be Madadi Because I can see that decision formulating i do have duffy with an early submission in round two but we'll see on that way in and whatever and i can see myself talking myself through this and being that thinking that the decision 
is a brighter call on this. Maybe the money play is in a decision on um, a prop bet for Duffy, but I feel like the 700 is not a good line. Don't put Duffy in parlays. Don't do crazy shit because crazier shit has happened and it's a fun sport that we love to watch. <laughs> Moving on to the featherweight. Yep. And about, podcast about. Follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. We have Amir Khan, the Mr. Finland versus Alan Arnold. Alan Almighty Arnold. Ooh, I like that. Triple A. Alan Arnold. Alan Almighty Arnold. It's a little hard to say, but um, I like Triple A. Arnold Almighty Alan. Art. God. Damn. Arnold, the almighty Allen. If you put the in front of it, it'd be a lot better. It but would be. Arnold, almighty Allen. I will, I'm interested to see how Bruce handles that. <laughs> but <laughs> he deals point. with some names. Good night. Give him, like, good night. As hard as it is to say these now. I agree, but he talks about it on his show sometimes. Like, he'll go up and ask the fighters themselves and get pronunciation, and he'll even record it and then go to the mirror and practice before a fight or before the night, and that's a professional. And if you ever look at his cards, they're amazing. He sells them to charities, and he'll have corrections, and they'll look like football plays. They'll look like he's running a route. It's really, really awesome. Um... This is a really fun fight at 145 pounds. Both of these fighters uh, are up and coming with American at 28 years old and Arnold at 23 years old. Arnold or Allen, American has been the up and comer. Everyone's talking about him. He. This is a near even split fight with a slight favorite going to American. I could see why this is a split fight. Both of these are dog fighters. Both of these guys. Try to finish the fight at all times. Dynamic strikers. Good ground games. Both of them have good takedown defense. I feel like this could be a fight of the night contender as well. This is a really, really, really fun fight. Both of these guys are going to come away getting better from this fight because they're fighting some of the best competition they've seen. And this could be a finish either way. I feel like... The wrestling is going to go to Arnold. I feel like Allen has going, has the more I break down stuff, um, Amir Khan's at straight blast gym with Conor McGregor, Gunnar Nelson, Lobov, all these other ladies. Like he's at a camp out of Ireland that's doing really, really good. And he's got a lot of hype behind him because of that team with straight blast gym. And then we have Arnold who has. Debuted in the UFC and then went to TriStar and been a Hiveraza hobby disciple and looked really, really good as of late because of his camp and him training with people like, and he talks about GSP, and we know GSP has stayed ready and GSP's not training for a fight. Guess who his training partner is? A 23-year-old, 145-pounder because this guy's going to move up to 155 pounds. At 23 years old... Also, the weight cut, we got to watch for him because he's he's huge. I was watching tape on him. He looks big for his size. He's just going to grow. I think he's going to eventually move up or he's going to hurt himself and then eventually move up. Hopefully, it's not this fight because this is a really, really fun fight. Good takedown defense by Arnold. Good submissions. Moving tons of pressure. If you watch the Yachts and Mays fight, at the end of the third round, 
Allen was so wanting to finish that fight that he landed the finishing shot at the end of the belt and Mays was out. He was out. The ref called it off a knockout, but when they went to the replay, the punch landed right after the horn. But he heard him four punches before that last shot, but Arnold finished that fight for all other intensive purposes against Mays. And then he uh, submitted somebody else prior to that. But... This is just gonna go... Uh, he submitted Alan Omar prior to that, who's a savvy vet as well. And he was a big underdog as well. Alan has a lot of hype coming in, and it's rightfully so. He's a young and up-and-coming spar. You got the bean all over Alan after watching good tape on him. Great footwork. Stiff jab. Always foot on the outside. Not necessarily flashy, but technical. And it when he went to TriStar to get better, that's what you want to do as a young fighter. You want to go to the, one of the best camps in the world. And we know TriStar has put out some of the best fighters ever. And it's showing. Straight Blast Jim is also doing the same thing. This Amir Khan's going to have the best camp behind him. Some of the best minds. Gunnar Nelson, Conor McGregor, Lobov, and the whole... Um, crew that he has with their coaches have broke down fights and put really Kavanaugh. good game time. Kavanaugh, there you go. Thank you for that. Um, I knew you were searching for something, but I couldn't figure out what, and I was like, that's the only name I have. <laughs> that so, you know that they're great mains because they have... Lobov has looked really good as of late. His game plan's been really good, and they've been ready for fights, and I feel like the entire gym has learned what it takes to be UFC caliber, so now everybody at that gym is fighting UFC caliber fights. I believe that I've been watching this game plan with that gym, Mm -hmm. and I almost feel like, you know how when you were watching um, Alpha Male for a little while, you almost felt like you figured him out? You could almost see how this Uriah Faber game plan for everybody... Um, and they changed things up a little. I think they've gotten Swifty. I like what's going on there. I'm not using it to put him down. But something that's going on with this style, with Lobov, with Connor, with um, these guys are starting to, and for me to notice it, I feel like it's crazy. Um, they leg kick heavy at the beginning of the fight to take away all that punching power. Yep. And then they set up their punches. I believe he's going to leg kick Allen. I think Allen's awesome. I think he's one to watch. I think he's a fighter. I think he's such a grinder. I almost think he needs to be at a different gym than Tristar because it's such a grind-heavy gym. Yes, that's what they do. We know that. We do know that. I almost feel like he needs to change up gyms. I think he has great punching power. I think he almost needs to go to a striking-heavy gym, like go out to Jersey and fight with Eddie Alvarez and those guys. I think, like, change it up a little. I really like him. I don't think he's a quitter. I don't think Amir Ahani has necessarily the power to make him quit, but I think it's going to be a pick-apart by leg strikes. Um, to slowly win the rounds, to to move, he's gonna leg strike on his way out, move in, take some shots, some combinations, leg strike on his way out, and I think it's just gonna be repetitive, and he's gonna pull the decision. But I do like Allen. If the knockout goes anywhere, I think he has a shot. But I just don't. I really, I don't think um, Mr. Finland's chinny. No, he's shown to have a good chin, and I feel like he was just. We were talking about. Uh, in a fight two weeks ago with some dudes that were robbing his house and he knocked out some guy with a, 
Uh, that's just the type of world he lives in, even though he says it's pretty safe. But uh, there's fun backstories coming um, into did it. You say, how did you say Alan? D? Decision? I got an Alan decision. Right, and fine. that's an underdog pick for me, but that's a near even fight. Like it's, he's yeah, near even. Yeah, it's not that's a coin flip of fight, and rightly so. I'm really excited for that. I think that both of those guys' careers are gonna go far in the UFC, regardless of who loses this fight. If not a draw, what if we see one of those? Might put some money on that this week. Mm. <laughs> so we have Brad Pickett uh, at bantamweight versus Marlon Chito Vera. This is Brad Pickett's debut or not debut his last hurrah this is his retirement fight he's made very vocal about it he's just done and if you see his face you can see why brad pickett's been in battles and he has not come out done. well in the, done. as of late he's only won one in his last five fights and that one win was to a split decision it wasn't even <laughs> like decided for him against Jimmy Rivera or Francisco Rivera. Francisco Rivera is a good fighter. Um, he's always teeter-tottering whether he's going to be in the UFC or not. But uh, Pickett has just always teeter-tottered that he was not going to be in. They keep giving him fights because people make a name off of him because he made a name off of giving Demetrius Johnson one of his losses, I believe, in a decision early on in his career. Uh, Demetrius Johnson's career like one of his first fights ever and Pickett was the champ at whatever organization so Chito Vera's coming in on 8 11 days notice do you know specifically no it's somewhere short though it's something 10, short 11. and you made a really good point in the previous show that we had that Chito Vera's moving down it looks like from his previous um, weight and he didn't have a full camp to get down there so I wonder if he walks around lighter because now he's been at a good camp that has been like, hey, nutrition is on point. You need to be there. And that's also why he is also on eight days notice. Like, okay, I can make weight and I'm in shape. Why not take he the fight? He is at a gym that's not going to let him take this fight if he can't make the weight. Well, Jackson Winklejohn, yeah. right? He's that's, at he's the at, gym. Exactly. This, this is, to me, this kid wins this fight all day. I've thought about every romantic scenario I can for Pickett. I yeah. just think this kid's going to be hungry. If he makes that weight, he murks Brad Pickett. I'm thinking the same thing as well, and I know that this is an underdog. This can be the Leslie Smith as well. well this is in the running for it. We got another I one, agree. but we both, I feel like, are going with this. I have a decision slash I could see a submission for Vera. I agree. Those are my same. I have decision as well, but I could see toward the end of But I... Brad Pickett's been submitted before. Exactly. And he's... I I want Brad Pickett to win in my whole narrative of, like, Disney movie where everything's perfect and he goes out riding on his shield. But no, he's going to go unconscious and there are going to be photos of him, like, with a tombstone behind him shaking. And Brad Pickett, thank you for the memories, but definitely move on. Hopefully you have a prosperous... Yeah, exactly. And... Move on and coach, but um, definitely don't don't get hit anymore. Yes. Moving, that's a fun underdog. I like that underdog pick. That uh, was. I like that, that one better than any of the other ones so far. I feel like Evil Twin. I talked about that, and he was like, "You're crazy." Brad Pickett has that all day, and I'm like, "Well, that's why you're evil." <laughs> so, co-main event, and this can be fight of the year in my eyes. Another contender for fight of the night. This is a sneaky card for a Fox night. This is the sneakiest fight of the year so far that no one's talking about. Gunnar Nelson versus Alan Joban. Woo! 
Talk about a smoke show. We got SBG. We got all Ric Flair in here. <laughs> we got SBG. You brought out the glittery robe and everything for that. You know how we do it up in this bitch. Got the robe in the back. <laughs> Bleached your hair out just for that. <laughs> just for that part. I Joe Ben, I got to always come out for my boy. You know he's in the list. He's up in that third Noah list because... He's his, in the Wolves to Watch <laughs> and that just means you're good looking. <laughs> so he's training out of Legends, California, which again, anybody coming out of the California scene is doing good stuff. We know that he's a purple belt out of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu with Eddie Bravo. We love Eddie. But we know that Gunnar Nelson has made a name for himself with the Jiu-Jitsu game as far as uh, him going to Jiu-Jitsu tournaments and winning them and people... When he came on the scene, people didn't know him. He was just some stoic guy that just came in and started beating all these guys. And he came from this random name called Straight Blast. Nobody had heard of. And Kavanov has been at the crucial points. That's who taught him, or Gunnar Nelson, his jiu-jitsu. Gunnar Nelson's really good on the top game. The only people we've really seen Gunnar Nelson look make Gunnar Nelson look foolish is Damien the Master Maya. Anybody on the ground with him that doesn't get submitted, which Gunnar Nelson lost a decision, but he was getting ragged all that whole fight. But it was like a chimp playing with a, with a kitten. Like, <laughs> Gunnar Nelson would try to get up, and Damian Maya would just pull him this way, and Gunnar Nelson just would fall over like he has never fallen over before in a fight. But it's just the mastery of Damian Maya using all of the tools in the bank. And Joe Ban is not at that level. Joe Ban, though, is... A very crisp and fluid striker with good takedown defense. Gunnar Nelson has very crafty takedowns. And Gunnar Nelson has very crafty strikes. They're very looping. Um, he is striking with the likes of Lobov and uh, Conor McGregor. So you know that it's always getting better if he chooses to get there. But from what I've seen, he likes to keep his hands very, very low. And coming with very looping punches. A very looping left hand. Would you say he has a similar stance and style to Stephen Thompson when he's in the ring? Doesn't he have an awkward stance? I would, I would say it's lower. It's low. It's more spread out and lower. Um, I feel like Thompson is a little lighter on his feet. Gunnar oh. Nelson is more. Plotting. Oh, I was thinking of Joe Ban. Oh, Joe Ban. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If there was one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I was okay. thinking about I, Joe oh, Ban. <laughs> yeah, that makes so much more sense. That makes You're so like, much no, more bitch. sense. No, I don't get that at all. I'm just. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I was thinking I can't of Alan Joe Ban. Yes, and I could totally see that more. Yeah, he's more of like a Taekwondo light on his, his feet. His feet, like, or his hands. He's he, light. He does. Yeah, he and he has his hands sometimes lower. It makes me nervous, but, he, but he's but, not doing it at. It's, but Gunnar yeah. Nelson's low is more like his hands at his hips where they his hands are at his belt line. Um, Joe Banslow is his uh, elbows at his chest and his hands at his chin or at his shoulders. There's It's two different levels of low, I feel like. I know what you're talking about with yeah. Joe Ban, but it's not... His, his aren't here like you're a Wolverine yeah. where Gunnar Nelson can be in the Wolverine stance at times yeah. and throw looping punches. A good striker he is gonna get there with an elbow or a punch. Hard and fast. And Gunnar Nelson won't stop throwing those. And he'll go into a much more grind-oriented game. Which he can do. And I feel like um, this is a near-even fight. What are the odds? Moderate Actually, favorite for Gunny. And Nelson. I feel like that is rightfully so. He should be. He really should be. He's a local boy. He has a lot of hype coming into this. He's looking to come back and put a streak together well, again. He's from Iceland. But he's been at SBG for a while, and it's yeah. his only other loss is the Rick Storia split decision, and that was 
Rick Story using takedown defense to keep the fight standing. And that and so it was wrestler being able to keep Gunnar Nelson off him because if Gunnar can't get you to the ground, he can't win those decisions that are lopsided or submit you. Where I feel like Joe Ban's takedown defense is going to be the key to this fight. And I feel like Joe Ban is going to end up, hear me out on this, going to land a strike that's going to hurt Gunnar Nelson. And then he has really good, ba- he moves like a wrestler Joe Ban when he hurts you. And he rolls to the back really quick and puts in. And I feel like Joe Ban is going to hurt Gunnar Nelson in the second round. Circle to his back, get rear naked choke submission. And that's a play like that's a prop bet all day. It's probably seventy to one odds. Yeah, if like you, that's for a Joe Ban submission. It, nobody's picking that. Everyone's picking Gunnar Nelson submission at the very least or decision Gunnar Nelson. Nobody's picking Joe Ban, let alone Joe Ban submission. But I feel like he hurts Gunnar Nelson first, and then submission gets there. You heard it here first. Let's go in the beat. All right. Well, here is the way I see the fight play out. I think um, they're gonna stand and throw for the majority of the first round. The first round, they're going to stand and throw. You're going to see the Gunnar Nelson. You're going to see his camps with the low leg kicks. The different thing with Joe Ban that he doesn't get credit for is uh, his ring knowledge. And I don't. Th- I think he's going to check the leg kicks. I don't think he's going to be worried. I think he's going to have most of the power in the stand-up game. I think right at the end of round one, we're going to see Gunnar take him down. But Joe Ban... If Eddie Bravo is smart, which I think he is, yes. he hasn't taught Joe Ban anything about how to submit Gunny Nelson for this. He's taught him how to defend everything. Yes. And so I think Joe Ban's going to defend fine. He's strong. He's I think he's by far the stronger of the two guys. Yes. So I think that Gunner will get him down. There won't be enough time on the clock to finish it, which is going to give them this inclination to do it again in round two. I think in round two, we're going to see more of a fight, but Joe Ban's going to stay alive. It's going to be, so I think we're going to go into it one and one. I think um, Gunny's going to get sloppy. Joe Ban is going to clip him. I think he's going to figure out his timing by that point. He's going to be a little tired, not going to be able to take him down as much because Joe Ban has great cardio, and he's going to keep his strength in the third round, and Gunnar Nelson does not hold on to that. So I don't think Joe... I am also going with the underdog and a huge underdog. I have Joe Van KO round three. What? He's going to clip Gunny. We didn't talk about this before. No. No, this is two separate things. We're breaking. We've moved this podcast to break it down live in front of you guys because we feel like that's the most honest thing to do. So I did my card separate and kind of first... This is the first right, we're hearing point. of each other's cards. Yeah, exactly. And we are throughout the week we're making it a point and to I not thought talk I had about my things. slick Joe Ban fight. Yeah, I exactly. You were be like, what? That's no. why you're like, hear me out. I'm like, I got Joe Ban. Oh damn. <laughs> I didn't even know he was the underdog really. Neither so. did I. I thought it was gonna be a closer fight than this. I didn't look at the odds and too much. I like but... Gunnar Nelson. Yeah. I really do. I don't think he's on par. If this is Joe Ban versus Maya, I think Maya wins that fight. I don't think Gunnar has and I think he's dangerous. I think he's maybe the second most dangerous guy on the ground but I just think Alan is not going to try to do something that he's going to get caught in something silly he's going to play smart Eddie taught him how to defend all day and he just has to get through the rounds he's going to have the wrist control he's going to weasel out and if he's on his back the whole time the number one thing Eddie said if you're good at rubber guard you do not take an elbow you do not take a punch if you're really good at it so I just feel like we see that kind of fight Joe Ban whoop, whoop. could be the Leslie Smith pick. We have a couple yeah. that we were picking on underdogs, and 
We, yeah, a few. Th- this is going to be a fun one because That's they, where they're you're flashy. like, it's a hard card to fill. I'm like, I'm not having a problem because I have so many underdogs. But, you know, I haven't, I've really had, uh, the last three cards have not been great for me. But the last card wasn't good for anyone but you. Yeah. I well, did Evil better Twin, than most. Evil Twin had a pretty good card, but it was a card that I had talked him through that I had flipped his mind on one and he he, he confessed to it, but uh, that was the only person I did know who did pretty good as well. Um, of course! <laughs> we, but it's so rare because this is what has been happening. I go in with these like weird picks where I feel like this Joe Man fight's going to be the fight. This is going to be the one that I get the number on, the win that nobody else has, and then I'm like, oh, you got the same fight? <laughs> so it's like, I feel like the last fight, I did better than most. Yeah. And I had a shitty night to me. Like, right, I, felt right, like right. I broke 50%, which is like, when I look at odds betters, and I'm like, are you serious? These guys make a living doing That's this with exactly, their shitty picks? That's why we're doing this, because I feel like as a regular constant... Not that I want to toot our own horn, but... We're not biased. We're not friends with any of these people. Agreed. We're fans, fans, fans. So you're not going to get, well, I rolled with that guy once, so I'm totally going to pick him every time. No. No. And it's not because of that. And it's some of the guys, as much as, like, I like them personally, like, who knows Luke? No one knows that motherfucker yet, but he's one to watch. There's a lot of guys on this card specifically that are going to be movers and shakers toward the end of the year. You're going to see a lot of guys in here that they're going to start being talked about. I agree. I think that's that. a great, great point, and that's totally. I could see it for multiple underdog picks that we have so far that that's, that's exactly what's going to right. So we have the main event with Jimmy Manoa versus... Corey Anderson. Corey. Is it, what's his nickname? Beaston258. That's what I was going to say. more than 24-7 if people out there don't get it. <laughs> I never got it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was always like, is it his area code? Where is that from? Boston? Where is that no, this guy from? Beast in 25-8. So he's constantly going. So his grinding mentality and game. He's a wrestler. Um, creative on the net. How we're saying get creative? Creative as shit, right? Like, this is the epitome of a creative name. Doesn't really work out. Doesn't work. It just doesn't rhyme. But, uh, Beast in 25-8. Corey crafty. Anderson. Beast in Anderson. 25-8. So, you know I'm beasting? 24-7, boy? No. 25-8. Don't call me boy. Jimmy Manuel, does he have a nickname? Poster boy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks He looks good for, a, what is he, a 40 years old, 39 years old? He's good looking. Jimmy Manuel's good looking. He is a good looking guy. He looks like a tank. Um, Looks like whatever that British tea he's been drinking has been setting in on his bones. He hits pretty hard. He's mainly a striker. Okay, takedown defense. Um, Corey Anderson, again, being that stri- or that wrestler, pushes you right up against the fence, will drag you down and make a five-round decision all day, every day, and not get two bones about it. But Corey Anderson, I do feel like, can gas himself. And I feel like he's fought in fights where he has gassed. And I was not on the Manawa train, but his striking looked pretty good. I did look at the tape again. And I didn't think he looked as dynamic as the first time I had seen the fight back in the day. But Manawa hits hard. I feel like this is a TKO round one or two for Manawa. It's going to be all about that takedown and who gasses first. And I feel like even in the third and fourth round, Manawa has power. And Corey Anderson gets a lot of split decisions. He's knocked out one or two guys, but those have been flukish. I feel like if Manawa comes in 100%, 
This should be quick work. I'm going to have Manawa on a lot of cards. I feel like he's a heavy favorite, if not a slight favorite. Um, but yeah, that's who I got. How do you feel about this? I think Manawa's overrated. I, he hasn't impressed me really in too many of his fights. I am 25-8. <laughs> that's the underdog, right? Eight. Corey Anderson isn't Chinny. He is a grinder. I just believe he has better cardio than Manawa. I don't. I can I think, see that. I also there's this one of the weird dangers, which I don't know. You can tell me if this is racist right now. If two black men are in the ring, is it always a boring fight, or is it just me? I like that. I think that there's that's a possibility that I feel like I've heard somewhere they before. Gas, they always. It's gas usually together. a decision fight, right? Yeah. Two, two black guys usually a decision fight is one of those things around there and. This could be a five-round decision, so even then, a five-round decision for Anderson would actually probably be Neither of these guys are going to see five rounds. Neither of them. It's going to be whoever has the most heart. Neither of these guys are going to In round four, someone's it. either going to TKO this ground about the longest. I can't imagine. Have either of these guys ever been in a five-round fight? I don't think so. Ever in their I don't think. And I think Anderson looks rough at the end of a lot they of They both look but so all does, the time yeah. either. It's so true. it's going to be a rough fight. It's whoever doesn't give up first. And I'm going to go with the boy from Illinois. I'm going to pick an underdog. I'm going with Corey Anderson. I think he's going to clip him in round three because um, Manawa's going to get lazy. I think he's going to lose his power because he's going to be exhausted. His punches are going to be so slow. Corey can stay clear. And I think he has enough power to knock out Manawa. So I know it's a huge underdog. This is a risky pick. Honestly, I'll probably stay away from this fight on most of the card because I just don't think Manawa is going to be worth his DraftKing money any way you cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he has a ton of power, but no more power than anybody else in the division. I His losses to me are like, ugh, and his wins to me are like, eh. So, yeah, I think he's coming in with a lot of hype. It's a weird main event all the way around for me. I think there's two other fights at least on this card that are better main events i know they're going with somebody local but neither of these guys to me this is what the ufc is doing wrong they put together a really crazy card and it's like what this is at least put brad pickett on this so you understand why it's the main event at least put brad pickett up there like right. okay it's his last fight we all understand it was like Faber's last fight well they didn't even put Faber up i think they put page over Faber. yeah exactly he was the bringing in so it lets you know to me the way the UFC is looking at the investment of Jimmy Manuel. Manuel. They think he's yep. good looking. That's he's what from I think. London. They're trying to put their chips somewhere, so they got a couple dice Kessie yeah. Dice Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher. Manawa, they're putting them both on the car. They're hoping for big wins. They're putting yep. all their chips because Bisping's getting old. They need that London audience. They need, they need the local boys. I just think Corey Anderson. Ooh, that might be a value pay. For Lesbo, we definitely need to go into our DK picks and we need to put a card together and kind of see what we can afford and what we can't. We have a bunch of underdogs, so I don't think it is going to be that hard once we uh, go through what we had picked earlier. And we'll go over what the lines are right now. Um, Should we just go through all of the lines top to bottom or just talk through our card as we go through it? Um, I think we can talk about it a little bit. Sorry, I'm away. Yeah, I think we can chat about the what we think salary wise who is what and who is so joseph duffy is the most expensive making madadi the least expensive so joseph duffy is at nine thousand seven hundred 
We have Brett Johns versus Entwistle at 9,300. Then we have Gunnar Nelson at 9-2. Then we have Lisa Landsberg at 9-1. Then we have Tom Breeze at 9,000. Why don't we talk about it like this? <laughs> for 9-7, that's too much money for Joe Duffy. What I do you agree. Think? I agree. I think it's a decision fight. And I feel like Madadi loses, but he's going to be cheap enough to potentially be on your card depending on if we need him or not. We'll have him on the side. We won't put him... We're not going to pick Duffy. No. If you can afford Duffy at the end of all this... Maybe. Maybe. But Maybe. I just I think stay away from Duffy at 9-7. Yeah. I think John's a get, as well stay away from against Whistle. I think Whistle's being I, underrated. Even if he wins by decision, any time you see a decision potential, never pay over 9. Just don't yep. pay over 9 for a decision. At I agree. best case scenario, you're going to get 70 points in a three-round fight. At very best, and 70 ain't getting you out of the money. Right. Then we have Gunnar Nelson at 9-2. Also, with our Joe Band pick. With both of us saying it, I would say stay away from Gunny Stay away at from Gunny. You're going to have And this is the other over. thing with Gunnar Nelson. I think he's going to get desperate enough in this fight that it becomes submission attempt heavy and uh, takedown heavy for him. Where, you know, it's just a bunch of stifling up against the cage, weird shoulders and wrists and things of that nature. That doesn't get you any fucking points. Right. That doesn't get you any points. So right, I think right, right. Gunnar Nelson, overpriced. I agree. Then we have um, Lisa Landsberg. I feel like Lena. we... Lena. We've... We're, I was saying a finish, if I remember correctly, for her. Maybe not. But, submission. Um, submission. I feel like she can get a finish. She's already done that to this fighter before. And we already have so much money... Because we're not picking those top three guys. I just know we're going to pick someone like a Joban who's going to be lower if Gunny's that high. Joban naturally has to be that low. So I'm going to put Lamberg. How do you feel about her being on our card? I'm writing her down already. All right. So she's on our, she's the first one on our DK card. Moving on, we have Tom Breeze at 9,000 versus Memboja. It's either a decision, a finish, or Bamboja gets the... Fla- I could see the flash knockout being for Bamboja because he's that crazy of a fighter. But Breeze, I don't know. We I don't like him for Breeze nine. Decision yeah, I don't like him for nine right now. Round three. So we'll stay away from Breeze for now. If we can afford him, we'll come back. Right. Then we have Bone Crusher at eight, nine. I like Bone Crusher in this. I think he can get a finish, but I feel like you might have picked the decision. I yet. have a decision, but this is where I think about him. He throws punches, 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 punches. He has that rabbit, but he's like Demetrius Johnson, where yeah. it's just he's gonna get he any way you cut it, he's gonna get even if he gets the decision, he's gonna score some points with his decision because he's so flary, exciting, moving, movement, movement. So I and he's expensive. I also think he's gonna win, so I'm definitely not opposed to saying we put him on our card. All right, I like him on that. Um, moving on to the next highest guy, we have Stewart versus uh, Barroso, and Stewart is worth eight eight. I feel like we both had a TKO for Stewart or a finish. I'm feeling good about it. Let's I like think he put him right on because we have we have money to spare right now. We can just keep putting people on and then figure out the other stuff later. But nice I feel like the we finish. Have an underdog coming in. Exactly, right? It, it just makes the whole night that much easier. Then we have Vincente Luque at 8-7 versus Edwards. We both also have a finish on this. And I think he goes right on our card. It's e- This is an easy week. We're wow. going to cash out easy Millionaires, money. you guys. Millionaires. Woo! If they could all be this easy. Then we have Scott 
ask them at eight six. Um, I went with Brad Scott. And I feel like you might have went with this underdog as well. We both picked Scott. So, so I, I think we stay away from Ascom on this. Easy stay away from. Um, then we have Timothy Johnson at 8,500. This is a decision, maybe a TKO, but I feel like we both had decision. And it's a heavyweight fight, so it can go the other way immediately. I think we stay away from this one, and there's other value plays. I think we you right out of the heavyweight room tonight. There's a lot of fights that won't. F your night. Yeah. If you just are like, what? That was quick. Yep. So I think we stay away from this. Even though we both have John, we both have John Johnson decision, Principal Johnson. Yeah. So a decision with two heavyweight fighters, um, they're they're not going to consider when they pitter-patter up against each other significant strikes. So they are, neither of these guys are going to be worth points unless it's the one who finishes. And I don't think they either are going to. So, yeah, we ne- don't put him on our card so then the next fighter is jamie manawa at eight thousand four hundred we're split on this you have Corey anderson and i have manawa and you want him everywhere and i'm gonna put him on my own other personal cards but we don't have to put him on this because i think that there's still other fighters that you we can come back to totally and a split why we have room for two more exactly so we got we got room we got room we have amir khan at eighty three thousand versus alan arnold and I have we're split on this, aren't we? Yeah. I have Allen. You have up. So we move on. Brad Pickett. We're gonna stay away from. I don't yep. think either of us had Brad Pickett at eighty two thousand. Chito Vera. We had as an underdog at eight thousand. This is right in that eight thousand eight two. This is the split fight, and this could go either way. Pickett could get a decision, but Chito Vera could get the finish. And I feel like we could put Vera on our card and be happy with that. I am both. I am okay with that as well. Nice. And he is nice and inexpensive. And how much money do we have left? It's a nice, easy one when they cancel out all the ones you can't afford. Exactly. Ooh. So we are at the bottom of the barrel. We can only, only afford Madadi, the person we said was the most valuable player on DK. I feel like this is kind of... We have to do it because of what we said on the show. And we just have to play this but card. But neither of us have hey, Winnie, to win. But it's the value play. And, and that's the most value. Say, I don't know if we say together as a collective, but right. I am so nervous about that first <laughs> fight. of the. You know what? It's it's hit and miss. It's like sometimes that first fight, I'm dancing if, in if the street. If that goes a decision, or if he knocks out, we win the entire night. We're going on that cruise. Madadi. Madadi. <laughs> Well, this is what I think we do this week. I think we put out the Lesbo and the Bean card that we're doing right now. Um, I think we both put together a card and we do a try card of Lesbo, Bean, Lesbo and the Bean on air card. So this is our on air card and Madadi has to be on it with the amount of money we have left, right? I know, but I want Joe Ban on this card so bad. I know. It's almost like I want to put You're going to figure it out. We want to figure it out. get rid of, like, Landsberg or any one of these. Landsberg would be the... I would say Landsberg would be the definite. Because I have her decision. After I went back yeah. and looked at it, I have her going to decision with this fight. I could... I could I'm could. i okay with that. This isn't a once they're on, it's yeah. permanent. Okay. This isn't written in stone. 
Yeah, so I'm, I say we put Joe Ban on and then see how much money we oh, have after okay, we take okay. care off. Because the way we were doing it, we were just kind of picking what was coming up and then seeing what was happening afterwards. And this is the afterwards. And if I have to pick between Stuart, Luke, Vera, Joe Ban, Diakessi, and Landsberg, I want her off. I agree. Okay. She hasn't proven herself to me in a getting talented. Right, but just exa- agreed. She's agreed, no agreed. Leslie Smith. <laughs> so then we have who's left with... The people that we can afford is who did we we both came in on Scott we have left at seven six what well, we have how much left let me see here eight thousand six hundred wow we can afford when we a move lot. that we can afford a lot we can afford Askum Johnson Manoa Americon Pickett Allen Anderson Omilan Chuck at seven seven. Brad Scott at 7-6, which we both agreed on. A decision, I believe, as an underdog. And I have then, a submission for Scott, and you have a decision. Okay. Then we have Edwards at 7-5. Then Barroso at 7-4, which we both think those both of those guys are going to lose. Then we have Palak, our Timu at 7-3. Bamboja at 7-2. Padlova against Yeah, Lansburg. I think we only have two choices. Ed Whistle or Madani. So who are the two choices out of the people that we have left? I think it's between Manawa, Allen, and Johnson. I or Scott. I think we go with Principal Johnson. Ooh, would that be weird? It's a heavyweight fight, so it can finish or in the first, Scott. second, or third. Scott, I'm comfortable with. Scott can I could see the finish accumulate for Scott just because I see he's he's got it in. He wants to fight. He tries to finish a fight regardless of where the fight's I'm at. I'm more comfortable with that than Principal Johnson. When Principal Johnson gets a first round knockout, we are gonna be like, like good dude. We no, we're gonna out no, the worst one is gonna be at that first fight of the night. Lansbury, she finishes in the No, that, uh, who's the dude, that the cheapest dude tonight? Oh, Madadi. Madadi. If Madadi goes to decision and Madadi wins that decision. Oh, it'd be, like, we... I will play Madadi probably on a On card. your own personal card on the side. I, I will, too. It'll be my cheapest card. Yeah, 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 it'll yeah be I my agree. card, like... On the side. I'm going to take this 25 cent card <laughs> out. <laughs> that's where you learn. That's yeah, valuable. Those that's, are my ones you know, where I'm just like, meh. It's like I'll the reserve middle. a couple of these fools and see... Some of those cards are just, they're giving you ring, they're giving you mat time. Some of those 25 cent cards are just giving you mat time where you're learning, where take every uh, loss as a learning experience and see where you went wrong. And Yeah, don't put Medesi on your Tommy Toe Hold or nothing. Exactly, don't put him on your $25 card because it'll hurt you. Okay, so we're going to go with Scott. He, I, he was our first Leslie Smith write down. Ooh. He was in that. I yeah. I like his heart. I like his heart. Joe I like Ban, Scott. Joe Ban, Vera, Madati, and Scott. And Madati's the only one of those four that we don't think is a winner. So even though we think he's an okay for the money, we don't think he's going to win the fight. So I think we put Scott on the card. Yep. And uh, also pick. I I just think it's an easy Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week this week. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think Alan Joe Ban is. Our Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week. And he also should get the hashtag tweet back at us for a little bit of extra luck. Uh, we're going to tweet Alan at Joe you, Joe Van. Van. You think he has it in him? He might be busy. <laughs> He's in London. 
with the lades or the I think he's definitely on the, the Twitterverse and he might send us a shout out and we definitely appreciate that. Listen, because not a lot of people are picking you and we're picking with you. I've gotta I've gotta say though, is this the um Thuradoa hottie with a body complex? Is it just the looks or is it the actual fightability and the willingness to want to get in there and do your job? I feel like if it's just the hottie with the body contest, like Elias's last fight, some of those judges either were ladies or homosexuals or just men that admired another good-looking man because that fight shouldn't have gone to our boy, the Spartan, but it did, and I ain't mad at it. <laughs> so <laughs> if the same thing happens to Alan... It is what it is. It's a little Versace. But one more time with our card. So we got... And we're going to release this tonight on Twitter. Um, follow us at Lesbo and the Bean. Also, www.lesboandthebean.com. And I will never say www again. <laughs> like, like, that was 2000 late. <laughs> that was 2000 that late. That was 2000 and late. Um, so we're going to put up this on Twitter. So it's uh, Diakesi. Stuart, Luke, Vera, Joe Ban, Scott. How much money do we have left over? I think that's it, right? Yeah. We're it. That that's that it. we we have right. oh damn it. I where was that card? I am It don't I matter. Just, I exit out. Either that's way, that's a card we don't card. even care. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how much you have left over. Don't get stuck in that trap because it will happen to you where you have 2000 left over and you're like, I'm just going to pick this guy. I that... do it every time and it Fs me every time. And they get a decision or finish because it's too close of a fight yeah. and they shouldn't be that much money. And you're playing the uh, DK points instead of the actual value in the fighter. And I feel like we're playing the valuable fighters in these picks for DK and... They've done well. They they haven't brought home all of the bacon, but they bring a couple slices in. They don't. They're not complete blowouts. Um, I will say, I'm still alive. I'm barely alive on DraftKings. It's I was having such. I wish I would have listened to myself more, at the beginning of the week, and I got I got cold feet, and so many times I went with most underdogs, and it would have been a killer week for me. But I get cold feet, and because of my lack of um, pure martial arts knowledge, I let all these quote unquote experts talk me right out of like <laughs> what I see. I see it with my common sense, my eyes, my fight fan knowledge, and I let a lot of I listen to people and just let them talk me right out of it. And I'm like, you're right, Big Brown. I like that. Or Robin Black or Luke Thomas. And now I, I've just stopped listening to those guys. I, I've done that too just because I feel like right or wrong, I want it to be my point of view. I Exactly. It's a, it's Lesbo and the Beep. That's what it has to be. So I feel like... Um, and I, I, fill my, I try to fill my ears now with other shit. Other stuff other than fight stuff. If we're going to talk about fight stuff all the time and we already have to research stuff, I don't want to just hear fight shit all the time. Yeah, I agree. I've started to kind of transition that too because I don't want to feel like I'm taking things from other people because I'm not. And it will influence me if I do. And I can read. And you know what else I will say? I am listening to breakdowns and stuff after we do ours in the week. After. When there's nothing else to find, after. when it's late night and I'm chilling and my significant other already goes to bed, I'm like, okay, 
Now maybe I'll get into somebody else's, but I have been staying clear. I haven't watched The Big Bound Breakdown this week. I haven't... Yeah, I agree. I do not taint myself until after we do our um, breakdown. And then I might switch mine at the end of the week, but I'll try not to. And we'll have it on record of why and won't, or why we didn't, why we didn't switch. That's why you got to come back and listen to our post show. So you could hear our post-fight breakdown. We actually might give you a post-show because this is finishing so early directly after the fights. It's yeah. that kind of weekend. And listen up. If you're bored after the fights, and you got another to do. subscribe somewhere, um, you'll get the show guaranteed. Otherwise, you have to wait. Like sometimes if you're just waiting for it to come up on iTunes, you got to subscribe or you're not going to get it as quick as everybody else. So subscribe on iTunes. Let's move the beat.